You're listening to the Amplify podcast, brought to you by the Rise Collective, an organization that champions young creatives and builds collectives at the forefront of social change. My name is Amy, and this series was created by the next generation of creative leaders and change makers. From indigenous wisdom to entire worlds reimagined, we invite you on a journey into our emerging futures. huge dust storm. The skies have turned red again to the suffocating cloud of dust. Hundreds have needed treatment for breathing problems. People have been posting pictures and videos online asking when they're going to see the sun again. This is the latest world news from the BBC in London. It's abruptly submerged with torrential rain. When torrential rain fell unexpectedly during the country's dry season. Worsening shortages of fuel and medicine leading to rising social tensions. Crime and violence. In the next couple of months would be extremely difficult. This year, barely a week has gone by without such conditions amid warnings, but it's only going to get worse due to climate change and drought. I hope I make it there safely. We're working against time. Bloody uprising. Which ended in a military crackdown. Soil samples, ballistic residue. Pray for me. going 70, 80, 90, 100 down the motorway. Don't kill me, officer. I would have this thought, mate. I'm trusting my life to this machine. If this thing stalls just for a second, the rear wheel's gonna lock, and I'm gonna go right over the front, slam down on the tarmac. If it stalls, unless my superhuman spidey senses kick in and I grab the clutch, because you get a second, really close attention. There's a little window of time where you can pull the clutch, stop the wheel locking. A little window where you can avert the crisis. If you miss it, if you don't, this machine that you've been riding on 
you can trust him with your life just snaps, throws you off onto the road. And you better have your Kevlar jeans on, boy, or else it's biker for breakfast. How to cope with climate anxiety, saving the earth and saving ourselves. See if you could let go of any holding you might have in your body. See if you could do that by dropping your shoulders deeper and deeper, by easing any tension out of your back deeper. You're not only letting go from your lungs, but you're letting go from your entire body. In an easy diagonal slide deeper into your own space. As if you are not a solid flaw form. Heal yourself. Tend to the flow of the river inside of you. Be aware of the sound of air. Respiring in tree nerves. You've the nerve to call me pollution. When it's you polluted me. Once my bodies were the paradigm of purity. Fresh air. But you invaded me. Burdened me, burned and burdened, racing, lacing my thin skin with hurting. Alien gases and particulates and shreds of lead. It took you a hundred years to stop combusting lead. And even longer coal, so heavy, dark, so thick as though you longed to turn me into earth. Do you machinists long to even bury air? You engineers besotted with me, flying, always flying. I gave flight to birds. I gave it to them, shared air secrets. Let them be with me, but you needed me. You needed these secrets. Put your massive aching heads together to discover flying, always flying. Flying, trying, engineer me. Flying, seeding, dropping silver iodide from aircraft as though clouds were not a language shared only between the water and me. Drones equipped with electric charge emission instruments don't I do enough for you? Haven't I hauled life out of the ground enough, in balance, counted out the tension balance with the earth and sea, enough to sate you? Once you'd pray to appease me. I liked that better. Dances, offerings, the sacrifices never worked. I didn't need them, didn't ask for them. But even so, the rhythm was articulate, incarnate. There are rhythms even in me, and fixed rhythms. So I'd let the water in and rain for you, and you'd say it was a miracle. But you've discovered it now, with your sciences, your treaties, sensors, infrared pulse beams, you've pierced the heavens to breathe in the other side. 
who found it. No such thing as miracles. Not one grain of sand where you and I stand. There was no place to go. There were no boys or girls or flowers or trees. No fish, no birds, no... suppressed and neglected the old gods so long they've gone mad the ground the water the sky how can we curse them when they drown or or choke or overrun us how can we curse at them they suffer as much as we do time organic time grew tired of playing second fiddle it reasserted itself, took control. But the mechanical has left a legacy. Organic time, too, has gone mad. Well, I call pain and suffering God's reset button. You don't change unless you're hurt. And a lot of people are hurting now. They're frightened, they're hurting, there are nuclear I mean, we could destroy this planet in a moment, have a glorious big blast of light, and we'll all be flittering around like spirits. I mean, what a wonderful day if you like fireworks. God, it's fucking hot. That's one thing about the apocalypse, between the existential anguish and the anger and the fear. A lot of it's fucking boring. You live an hour at a time. Oh, I fucking miss music. When I was working, when the world was working, I'd roll around town with my headphones glued on most of the time. Now all my records sitting there, it's like torture. All those songs trapped on every dead iPod. Can't play them, all we can do is look at them. Remember where we were when we first heard them, who we listen with, how they make us feel. But I remember less and less each day. I still play my bass. Without the amp, it's a bit anemic, but it's enough to get the gist. some upsides. These days we spend less time working. There's less work left, less to do. 
fewer soul-crushing, pointless things to do, like working in an office, doing things with spreadsheets or being a consultant or something. I never knew what exactly it was those people were consulting. Management consultants. I mean, consulting what? Those are wonderful occupations. Fewer pointless things to do. Working in retail for 50 hours a week and coming home with varicose veins. Holy shit. What were those systems doing to us? Holy fuck. Started a course a few years ago, try and make a change, try and get out somewhere better. But there's nowhere better left in the world. Thought there'd be an industry for me to have a career in after. But there wasn't. The industrial devolution. That's what we needed to do. Oversee an industrial devolution. But we couldn't. Couldn't dive in, couldn't let go. So we had one handed to us. There's a species somewhere, out there, on some other planet, out there in the universe, who saw the data, saw the signs in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, heard the consensus in the 80s, signed the protocols in the 90s, and then fucking did something. There's a species who looked at that scenario and thought, oh, it's about time we've made some changes here, and then they did. They just did. They didn't pay someone to hide the facts. They didn't commission false reports. didn't miss the chance to change, to, to focus on new farming methods, energy sources, electric cars. They saw the line of action that would be best for them. And then they took the fucking radical move of just pursuing it. But that's not us. It wasn't that simple for us. There's too much in the way. We're too much in our own way. Maybe we just aren't smart enough to survive. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a carbon footprint stamping on a human face forever. In small groups, we're not bad. Maybe if you scale anything up eight billion times, it becomes a mess. Yeah, in small groups, communities, where there isn't too much power, we can still find ways of doing good. We set up a network on our street. We share things, share tools and supplies and things on a street-by-street -street basis. Share food and medicine when we can find it. There used to be apps to help us do that sort of thing. But we managed it without an app. I know. We get by, growing some food up on the roof. It's nice. Patchoy's coming in. The spuds, the earlies. Something unnoticed. First time I had a homegrown spud. Food glows. But we forgot that. Food's supposed to glow. It's supposed to hum. These roof spuds hum. Spuds from fucking Waitrose never hummed. Got so used to seeing veg as products, couldn't see them any longer as a living thing, with their own life in them. By the time they made it to us, they lost it. But do it right. And eating's like communing with the purest parts of nature, like 
plugging ourselves right into the earth. The things that grow in it, the spuds and the carrots and the beans, they suck up all the golden essence of the earth. And then they let us eat them. They let us put that in our bodies. Like laying down with your heart flush to the ground. It's getting harder to find, even growing your own. Soil's lost its soul. Rain that comes down is more acid than anything else. Declared carcinogenic, unsafe to drink years ago. What's that? Not everyone nowadays is quite so community-minded, know what I mean? Every now and then you'll see a group of low-lifes charging around the city with clubs and guns, getting tetchy over turf, looking for something to distract them, some poor family to loot, worse. Goodness gracious me. Perhaps it's the vision of a golden wheat field, sun-filled and gently swaying in a soft breeze. Breaks your brain. Too hot to sleep. Just half living the whole time. Have my nice little hour of radio every day. Thank God for the radio. Thank God for batteries. Jesus, still got what? 15, 16 left? If I don't end up trading them for pills or something, I can keep this guy going a while yet. I'll steer clear of the emergency broadcast channels. I don't need to know what's going on. Sometimes I get pissed and listen, but then it gets too much. Oh, got to turn the side over. There we are. Might go out hunting later. See if I can't find me a fox or a cat or badger or something. Tell you what, foxes did not know what hit them, mate. They were so brave, weren't they? Sort of mid-2000s, early 2000s. You'd be walking down the street and a fox would be eating out of the bin in front of you. But with all the hunting, they learned fear again. Night and dark suit us, us with embers in our coats. Us with the ghost of fire carrying, carrying. No more of those human fake lights, no more of them, or very few and far between. Night and dark suit us. Better weather to sneak in and nip up whatever's been left. A sack of this, a bushel of that, a squirming mass that whimpers till you snick it. Shh. Anything? Nothing. No. Fox fur at the door, 
No piece of wild, no stink of hair caught on the wire. Wire too thick to pass through. Stop. Ears up. Nothing. No dogs, no humans. Shh, we are much reduced. They never ate us before. Before. My sires broke the backs of conies in the sun, slunk through field, wood, at the edge of the day. Chased by dogs, yes, but that was sport, apparently. I am here, waiting till night, hiding from the light and hungry eyes. Can't take off fox fur without a knife. The ground's so hard, my paws so rough, and it's getting harder, hotter. Every day, I see my fellow creatures lay down and die for want of a drink. We came to this hard place following food. Such huge sacks of it left out like guts to town. Always something delicious spilling into your mouth. Now less and less. No great fat bellies left hanging out for our delectation. Shh. What's that? Wait a moment. Anything. Anything. Nothing. Just traps and traps and traps. They've grown cunning as us. Hunger does that. Breaks the contract. There was no one final moment. It was a fade in. We found ourselves standing at the centre of a cold, dry room, our bare feet on the wooden boards. And slowly, a golden light broke through the windows, began peeling down the walls like flaking paint until it dripped and formed a golden hoop that hugged the edges of the room. The hoop began to get smaller, and smaller, shrinking in towards us, and everything beyond its boundary became black. The hoop gets closer. Things keep getting worse. More and more threats emerge. We've less and less space, but more and more things need a response. It gets harder and harder to respond properly. And as the hoop hums, and we can feel its heat on our toes, we reach a point where, in order to survive, we have to make completely perfect choices at every single moment, or we'll die. A kind of crisis singularity. And who was going to be able to navigate that? Hmm? As I say, not us. And all the while, the people who've been prepping for this all along, the military, the think tanks, the bankers, they saw their predictions come true. And what did their simulations give them, huh? In the end, nothing. Used to think they might protect us when push came to shove, governments. As a child, I thought they were infallible. Like parents, forgot they were all human. 
department started closing down. No more Minister for Culture or Minister for Leveling Up. New ones opened up. A bit more of a brute force operation, know what I mean? It wasn't all malicious. We were overwhelmed. Crisis was faster than unity. Simple. Constant change. Change. That's our constant. That's our drumbeat. That's our heartbeat. Constant change. It's like the earth. All through humanity's history, the earth's been wedded to us. It sat patiently at home, waiting, while we went off burning this, mining that. Come 10 o'clock, the time we promised we'd be home, the earth looked up at the clock and thought, don't worry, they'll be back. Then we hopped on another jet, went to another party, burned a bit of this, mined a bit of that, produced this, threw away that. It's getting to midnight now. And Earth's made themselves a cup of cocoa, gone upstairs, put their little hat on, laid in bed. But they can't sleep. They can't sleep knowing we're out there, knowing we're not safe and warm with them. So they stay up, put the little bedside light on. Maybe it's made of bioluminescent fish. While we stay out all night, getting more and more wasted. And when we finally stumble in, ready to have a quick shower before going off to our shift at the slaughterhouse or the Starbucks or wherever we used to work for whatever fucking wage, when we stumble in, we nip into the bedroom to give Earth a quick kiss and say sorry. But when we go in, they're not there. They're not there. And even then, we just went off to work and didn't really think about it. They'll be back, we thought. But they didn't come back. It's over. Earth hasn't called or texted us for weeks, mate. It's over. La 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 do do. of mind, if nothing else. Do your best. Don't just sit and watch it happen. Do your best. At least then, wherever you end up, you can say, I did my best. I've no regrets. Okay? Celebrate the small pleasures. Wildflowers done up nicely. A day that's cool enough to hit the park. Some wine. Some wine. <laughs> God. You used to be able to just get Casa del Diablo from the corner shop for six quid. No. Yeah. Celebrate the small pleasures. 
listening to amplify the podcast emerging futures this series was produced by amy parks and marla axon with special thanks going to esme lewis gartside sarisha kumar courtney yusuf max sanderson arden fitzroy jaja muhammad carl blackburn and the awards for all fund from the national lottery for making it all possible if you'd like to find out more about the rise collective and support us to continue the work that we do visit our website at www.theriscollective.org.uk or check us out on social media at the rise collective uk see you next time Thank you.